Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome all. So I was reading this book recently um, by a Fortune 500 leadership coach, uh, Victoria Sung. And, you know, it's interesting. She was talking about how important it is to make sure that you're living a life that's aligned with expanding or feeling as if you're expanding into your life and being um, and all the attributes that come along with that. So she would say happiness, peace, um, connection, purpose, as opposed to living a life of contraction. And she talks about how trauma and sometimes experiences that we go through propel us or push us in the space of contracting where we look out in the world and um, I believe it was Carl Jung who said <clears throat> it's either uh, a friendly or a hostile universe when you look out into the world, the question you should ask yourself. So she talks about how you go through certain things in your life and certain experiences along your journey. And if you're not aware, like we all are often not, is that you can end up being in a space of contraction. And she spends the entire um, piece of literature going back and forth about the differences and it's a very beautiful read I think the, the name of her book is Bending Reality so it's, a, it's, it's an epic read I highly recommend it but what she talks about and and what it and what really kind of resonated with me was something that she mentioned when it came to um, your you know your in your nervous system serving um, somewhat as a as a bullshit bullshit meter excuse my French if you have kids watching I apologize or listening and she talks about how you know although there was a lot of people hundreds thousands millions even of people who resonated with the conversation around the secret when it first came out for some people who found it hard to connect to was the fact that for those individuals um, it didn't allow or it wasn't enough to allow it to pass their nervous system their bullshit meter so therefore it was hard for them to not only resonate with the information, but to connect to it as truth. And what I found so interesting about that is, you know, obviously I've, I, I've seen it. I, I was one of those people who, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, the secret up until that point, I had read a lot of powerful literature that had already put me into that space, much more um, in-depth literature than the secret. I think secret was a very um, commercialized piece of literature, but it was digestible for almost any, almost anyone, which I think which that's what made it so powerful and getting so many thought leaders from around the world to contribute was was a huge plus. But I remember having conversations and holding conversations with, with some individuals who didn't necessarily 
um, understand it nor or just not necessarily resonate with its meaning or what it was saying. So it's funny when I came across it in her book, I definitely resonated. But what stood out the most to me about the the BS meter that we have in that central nervous system of ours is that I think it's something that we can all relate to. It's something that we can all relate to. And it's something that, you know, I come up a lot when it comes to having conversations with collegiate and professional athletes. You know, a lot of times when I'm in these um, workshops or lectures or one on one, um, you find that you're using certain phrases like think bigger, play bigger, think big, play big, you know, and or you, you try to communicate a certain goal or an expanded goal to a team. And what you find is that you run against different at different moments, at different parts along the journey, along the long season, where that individual player is or where that team is collectively, certain things um, are going to be harder than other things when it comes to transferring beyond the BS meter. And if you can't get it to get beyond the BS meter, then you're wasting your time. And, and it's funny, I didn't necessarily see it that way, but one of the, but I end up ultimately trying to operate from that space without necessarily knowing it. You know, I remember working with a collegiate program and getting them to feel as if there could be feeling as if they could be um, conference champions coming off of a season previously where they only won two or three games. You know, it would have been a challenge for most of the players there because, you know, one, we started the season of COVID. So we were starting virtually, which takes away a little bit of the opportunity to be able to connect and be purpose and purposeful and powerful in someone's space, right? So you're trying to resonate with someone virtually. And then also I was starting with these players right in the start of their season. So a lot of that foundational um, importance wasn't necessarily implemented at, at, the, at the start of the season. So trying to get them to operate from that space of, 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 of mindset um, one and a half hours out of the week as they're in the throes of the season, you know, it would have been a hard, it would have been a hard, I don't know, it would have been a hard thing to chew. So what it's, so what I started to do is instead of operating from that space of trying to use an expansive goal, I said, okay, well, better yet, let's simplify it. What are some of the things that we can do well? What are some of the ways that we can perform well? And what are some of the simple wins that we can start um, accumulating so that we can place the foundation that's needed in order for the big goal, in order for the expansive calling, in order for the expansive goal. And I think what I was doing without, you know, subconsciously what I was doing is I was trying to create or trying to find something that was easier for the players and for the team to digest that didn't run against that resistance from the central nervous system or for the nervous system, that BS meter. And the reason why I think it's so important is not not just the fact that this brilliant mind brought it up in her literature, but I think it's so important because a lot of times when you have conversations with friends and family and colleagues and or you're doing the work that I'm doing, you're trying to encourage and create a reality or create goals for people who um, who come to you because they want an expansive vision or they have an expansive vision of their lives. You're trying to get clear at some of the belief patterns and some of the limitations that they place on themselves or some of the perspective that they have on how they view their experience and connecting with their life. And and what you're doing is that you're trying to create language that for some of them is new. And you're trying to get these individuals, these amazing spirits to see themselves in their lives and 
in other ways other than the accumulation of things. How can I live? How can I connect? How can I play from a place of purpose? And I, and I find the most intriguing or interesting thing is that a lot of times when you're in spaces with professional athletes or collegiate athletes, it's almost as if people feel as if or feel like the idea or the importance for having a purpose behind their work is less important for the professional athlete or for the collegiate athlete. They forget the human element of all of us is that we're all craving to be of impact and be of service. So yes, you can find people who even in the professional space are still looking for ways to become more pronounced um, in their purpose and how they can use their God-gifted ability, their platform um, to further their impact on the field, off the field, on the court, off the court, right? So I think the reason why I think it's so important to kind of pay attention to your BS meter is that you want to make sure that you're creating language and creating things and goals and metrics in your life that first are able to pass your BS meter. Because if it if it doesn't, if there's some resistance towards you even setting out a goal for yourself, if there's some resistance towards um, even the language behind thinking big and playing big, then what's going to happen is you're just lip servicing your life away. So my challenge to you is to find things that require obviously some expansion, but can be presented in a way to where your BS meter doesn't block it from resonating with you. That nervous system doesn't block it from resonating with you. Another thing that I thought she did in her literature that was brilliant is that she came up with a way of finding uh, a system of questions of asking and anchoring yourself in. And her way of communicating it was there's certain statements that are going to be higher on an on a number scale between one and ten, between contraction and expansion, between truth and BS meter. And what she's trying to get the reader to do is land on what certain statements, what are certain statements that you can say about yourself that automatically run up against that resistance that make it impossible for you to be able to resonate with, right? So she drew the comparison to saying, oh, I believe I can fly or I can fly, right? The moment you say that, the moment you try to land on that, there's obviously um, your, your, your intelligent mind and your experiences of just gravity and reality, you automatically push against that, right? So it doesn't resonate. That comment almost comes across as just being silly, a waste of time almost. So she talks about how when you're talking about one being the apex of contraction and 10 being expansion, then that would be out of one, obviously, because, you know, no matter how much you say, you can't fly. And what I thought was really interesting is being able to use questions to see how they land and how they show up in your body, how they show up in your emotional body as well. So it's almost like, again, drawing the comparison to an athlete is that if we're in the midseason and you know, we're in a, we're having a, a session together and we're talking about the goals that you have for yourself and there's seven games left and you say, all right, well, maybe a goal for yourself is to be the greatest soccer player in MLS or the greatest NBA player in the NBA and you only have 10 games left and you've been playing pretty poor throughout the entire season, then what you're, fi- what you're probably going to run into in that nervous system of yours it's a BS meter. It's going to be a BS. I'm going to call it a BS blocker. I'm going to put my name to it. A BS blocker, which prevents the idea, although great, 
in its action steps, although great in its intention, it's going to prevent it from resonating. And anything that doesn't resonate doesn't take hold. So you can sit here and, and have all the lip service you want in the world and say all the great things about where you want to see yourself, how you want to see yourself performing. But if it's not resonating beyond that first step, then chances are it's not really going to be a value. So maybe better yet, a better way of creating the most optimum outcome of that player in that situation or their season is less about the overall outcome of the season and more about the individual performance of each game. So what you would probably do is you would probably encourage that player to take that same confidence, but put it at maybe put it more so in place of the season that they're in in that season and not the entire season in its entirety, right? So less about where you'll be at the end of the season and more about how can we play at a level that would warrant you being the MVP of this league for this game tomorrow. And the reason why, again, that's important is because where else in our lives or where in our lives are we working towards something that doesn't necessarily pass our BS blocker, right? Our BS meter. Are we pursuing something that feels authentic to us? Are we feel, are we pursuing things that feel attainable to us, even if they require a little bit of stretching? Are we pursuing those things that allow it to resonate within us? Or are we not really getting beyond the first stage of completion, right? If you can't get beyond the first stage, then the challenge is where can you or how can you phrase it or break it down or in a way that's easier for you to digest while also at the same time encouraging your expansion. You know, she talks about a few questions and using these questions to kind of see where you land. One on contraction and 10 being expansion. So I would say to simplify it, one being um, it resonates from a place of blocking the outcome or the expectation of this goal because it goes far outside of what you actually believe is true and how it resonates with you. And then 10 being you truly connect to it as a possibility. So the few questions she says is, I feel shame, I'm a fraud. All right, so you're looking at these questions and you're, and, you're, and you're framing them or you're rating them between one and 10, one being contraction, 10 being expansion. So the statements or the questions are, or the statements are, I feel shame, I'm a fraud. Where do you fall on that? Do you feel like you're a fraud right now? Do you feel like you're in shame right now? Are you operating from a space of shame? Is that a one or a 10? Next one, I feel anxious, I feel scared. Where you are in your life right now, where does that land? Is that a five, is that a four, is that a, is there truth in that? Does that resonate? The next one, I want I want it so badly. So you can replace or you can place whatever you want in the it in that statement. But let's just say, for example, I want to be the best so badly or I want to be a great father so badly. I want to be the top CEO in the world so badly, whatever. Replace it. How does that land? Is there truth in that? Do you see it in your actions and your commitment to getting better every day? Do you see it in how you communicate with others? Do you operate from that space of belief that you can accomplish that which you want to obtain badly? The next one, I feel like no matter what, I'll be okay. I feel like no matter what, I'll be okay. Does that resonate as truth for you? The next one, I feel optimistic. The next one, I feel calm. The next one, I feel present, pure awareness. So those statements are all going to land on you wherever you are in your life differently. 
and I think what she did was that was brilliant is I think she started off um, in a, in a state of more kind of like uh, negative emotions, fraud, anxious, not negative emotions, but emotions that we tend to have more access to, we can relate to more consistently, more often. When you're having conversations, we all know what it feels like to be anxious or to be nervous or to have self-doubt. And a lot of times the most challenging thing is operating from the space of awareness and peace and abundance of thinking and, right? So see where you fall on those statements. But, But here's the calling beyond the book and beyond this conversation is, what are certain questions or certain statements that you can line up for yourself to determine where you fall along the line of if it resonates as truth. What are certain things that you have in your life that you've prioritized or certain goals that you have that you want to accomplish or even certain acknowledgements of where you are right now that if written out, how would they land if written out? Saying them back to yourself, right? If it's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the best father in the world, for example, or I'm the number one performance psychology coach in professional sports, or I'm a New York Times bestselling author, or um, um, I'm an amazing meditator and, and yoga teacher, right? So those are all very personal, but they all land very differently, right? All land very differently. So the first thing that I have to do is begin to work on how it lands. And I have to make sure that I can operate in a space that allows more more time than not those statements in my life to land more on that expansive 10 than on that restricted contraction one. So your challenge for yourself is not to necessarily reevaluate the goals that you have for yourself or the things that are drivers for you, those metrics that you have in your life, but your responsibility and your homework is to see whether or not the truth behind, do they resonate? And do they, do you, do you connect with them as truth? Because until you can truly land on that reality, until you can truly land on that, then a lot of times what we end up doing is ultimately just spinning our wheels. Anyway, see ball, think ball.